0: And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live on this Wednesday. Casey Disclare here. Hope that you guys are having a wonderful start to your day. We've got a big show planned for you all today. Hopefully, everybody will enjoy the next 90 or so minutes. We've got um, a lot of things to talk about today. We've got a lot of different topics to cover around the world of sports. And we look forward to doing so over the course of the next 90 minutes. In the next segment of the show at 11.45-ish, we're going to go to James Schilling with the Nichols Golf team. Nichols Golf just finished a midweek tournament yesterday. We'll ask him about the way his team is competing, and then y'all know how it works. Y'all, it's Masters week. The Masters starts tomorrow. We'll ask Coach Schilling about his picks. Who do you? Who does he think has a chance to make it into the top 10 and the top five, and how's Tiger Woods going to perform, and all that good stuff. We look forward to talking some golf with James Schilling in the next segment of the show. 12-15, we've got Taylor Griffin, our broadcast partner with Coastal Broadcasting. Turtle told me, he sent me a text earlier in the week. He said, bro, everything that's happened in sports in the last couple days, I'm fired up. I can't wait. And look, likewise, I can't wait to see what Turtle's going to have to say about LSU winning at all. Angel Reese, WrestleMania. We've got so much to chat with Taylor about in the next segment of the show, or in the the, uh, second hour of the show, rather. The bottom of the show, we'll get some betting picks. We'll talk some NBA. The playoff picture's taking shape. I'm telling y'all right now, I already know how this is going to work. Turtle and I is going to run way long. I'm not going to have time to get you all Q&A. So tomorrow, we'll do the Q&A. We'll knock that out. But in this first segment of the show, um, we want to get you all some Scoreboard updates from around the area. There were a lot of big crunch time district baseball games that were played. A lot of big crunch time district play uh, baseball games that had some playoff implications. So we dive right in. <clears throat> Yesterday, Central Lafouche defeats Terrebonne 7-3. to That's a big win for Central Lafouche. It's a big loss for Terrebonne. I don't know if Central Lafouche is going to get into the postseason. They've got a big old hill to climb. But I know this, if they would have lost to Terrebonne, it certainly would have hurt their cause big time. And then likewise, as Terrebonne's trying to climb into the top 24, they need every win that they could get. And now they fall a little bit behind the 8th ball as well. So it's going to be tough for Central Lafourche. It's going to be tough for Terrebonne. But by beating Terrebonne last night, Central Lafourche gives themselves a little bit of a leg up. Destrehan beats East St. John 14-1. East St. John's going to get run rule just about every district game. They're that team that's kind of the... The odd ball, the odd team out—they just don't have enough pitching. Destrahan puts it on it. Last night, Thibodeau, Shane Trosclair, and his team—they get a big win over Hanville, three to one. Ian Rodriguez throws a complete game, was dominant on the mound. Thibodeau gets a three to one win over Hanville in a victory that was huge for the Thibodeau Tigers. Was Thibodeau had lost two in a row? They had lost to H.L. Bourgeois. They had lost to um, Destrahan. And then now by getting that win over Hanville, they catapult from like the 18-19 range in the playoff power rating numbers all the way back up to 14. So now they've got an opportunity to, if they finish the year strong, potentially host that opening round series, which as we all know is crucial this time of the year. So just a huge win for Thibodeau taking care of business and getting a big win over a very good Hanville team. In 4A, Ellender falls to Vanderbilt Catholic 8-2. The Terriers get a victory over Ellender. Assumption gets a 5-4 win over Lutcher. Assumption just continues to cruise, man. They've got such good pitching, such um, fundamentally sound offense, and they get a huge win over um, Lutcher to stay undefeated in district play. Our local 4A district is very simple. It's going to come down to one game. It's going to come down to Ellender. I'm not Ellender. What am I saying? It's going to come down to Assumption versus Vanderbilt. And that game will happen on April the 11th. So next week, that game is going to decide the district championship because everybody else in the local district has at least two losses. The winner of that game is going to be our district champion, either Assumption or Vanderbilt. Uh, So we look forward to seeing how that one is going to shake itself out. Now, also in local 4A action yesterday, <clears throat> we had Morgan City. Fall to South Terrebonne 15-3. The Gators put it on Morgan City. Morgan City is a very simple team to figure. When they've got a quality plus arm on the mound, yeah, they're tough. They're competitive. They could play all that good stuff. When they don't, yeah, it's like yesterday, 15-3. to And look, they may have had one of their top arms yesterday. Uh, just South Terrebonne's offense may have been good enough to, to hit them hard anyway but they're a team that just lacks a little bit of that pitching depth. In a game that you were able to hear right here on KLEB, South Lafouche gets an 11-1 victory over Homa Christian School, a game that they walked off in the bottom of the sixth inning. Luke Sanabo was on the mound for the Tarpons and was outstanding. He was unbelievably good as the Tarpons get an 11-1 win over Homa Christian School. Josh Mack had three hits for South Lafouche, including a walk-off RBI base hit to end the game. The Tarpons get to 13-10 and continue to try to make some trimmers and to try to get a little closer to that 24 spot. Um, but man, look, it's, it's an uphill climb. South LaFouche's power rating scores 23.13. The 24th spot is 25.5. So you've got to climb two and a half power points to try to get into the postseason. That's a tall task. You need to win. You need to win every time that you play just about. And you need to hope that Hammond and North Shore and Airline and Denham Springs and Zachary and all these other teams in that area start losing. Um, So you need a win and you need to get some help. Tarpins are taking on Ascension Catholic today. That's a big old opportunity to get a bunch of power points against an Ascension Catholic team that has 18 wins. If South LaFouche could get that one today, that would be just huge for them um, because, man, it's got to happen and it's got to happen right now if they want to have any hopes of trying to make it into the playoffs. Yesterday, also in our local scoreboard, we had Berwick get a twenty to one win over Donaldsonville. We had Ed White get a ten to nothing win over Patterson. Both of those teams stay hot. We had uh, no St. James result yesterday, so we go to two A. We told you about Home of Christian School, so we go to single A. We had Central Catholic of Morgan City beat Hanson Memorial five to four. They get a big win. And we get Covenant Christian Academy get a 13-2 win over Holden. So CCA stays hot. Central Catholic stays hot. Both of those local teams get some big old wins. Now today, on a Wednesday, we've got some action around the state. A lot of these teams are wrapping up their regular seasons playing tons and tons of baseball. We've got Destrehan taking on Vanderbilt. Talk about a PowerPoint game there. Both of those teams got a bunch of wins. We've got HL Bourgeois and CCA. That's a big showdown matchup. Thibodeau traveling to take on Centerville, opportunity to earn some points. South LaVoose traveling to take on Ascension Catholic out in Donaldsonville. That'll be a big game and a great opportunity. Berwick hosting Catholic of New Iberia. That's two really good programs. St. James hosting Lutcher in 2A. Home of Christian School is off because they're playing Fisher for the district championship tomorrow. And then, as we said earlier, CCA traveling to take on HL Bourgeois, rematch of a game that was played a couple days ago with CCA getting the victory over the Bourgeois Braves. So we can't wait to see how those local results shake out. We can't wait to see um, how the local teams are going to fare. And I got a feeling tomorrow's scoreboard is going to be very exciting and very entertaining, and we're going to continue to track those power rating numbers to let you guys know how our local teams shake out. But as of right now, who is going to be tough for some of these teams, man? We got Terrebonne and Central Lafourche and South Lafourche there swimming upstream, they're trying desperately to get enough points to try to get into that top 24, and they're just swimming upstream. It's going to be brutally tough for them to try to figure out a way how to get in, and it's made even more difficult by the fact that Met won their district championship yesterday. So you actually have to get into the top 23 now because Met's going to take the 24 spot by being a district champion. So the difficult journey becomes even more difficult by the second let's catch a break when we get back out of the break we're going to James Schilling and Nichols Golf we'll talk about the Masters we'll talk about the Colonels who are playing really well it's play-by-play on KLEB we'll be right back after this
1: the French Connection the all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM
3: Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities to begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers. 985-446-3333 985-446-3333 That's 985-446-3333 You may have an additional claim for recovery AMO Trial Lawyers
2: Energize your
3: business with Bayou Black Electric
2: Supply in Home When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black
4: Electric Supply.
2: 985-223-8807. Highway
4: 311 in Houma. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana grant program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Houma or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes.
3: 800-403-4623. That's eight
4: hundred four zero three forty six
3: twenty three. 403 4623 It is
0: golf season man one of the best times of the year the Nichols golf team is out and competing they were in the huntsville toyota bearcat invitational the last couple of days they wrapped that up yesterday got a the tie for ninth place finish shot a 288 their lowest round of the tournament total team strokes of 890 26 over par we have their golf coach coach james Schilling, on the line now coach good morning my friend how are you today
5: good morning casey it's uh Good to be back on the show, and we're here in Masters
0: Week. Absolutely. It is Masters Week. We're going to be talking about the green jacket, hot and heavy. Let's talk about the way that your team competed out in Texas, my friend. Uh, Always good to finish strong, and by far and away, your best round was your last round, shaved some strokes, and climbed up the leaderboard a little bit. Talk about the way the kids competed.
5: Yeah, you know, if you look at where we finished the final round, uh, the only team that uh, we had the second lowest round out of 15 teams uh, all Division One teams, uh, most of those, all of the teams basically were ranked higher than we were nationally, so to finish where we did in that field was pretty impressive, and we mainly did that based upon the play in the last round. The wind was very similar to what you have today, blowing you know, 25, 30 miles an hour on a very difficult golf course. Uh, the uh, the team that won the event uh, had a better score than we did the final day, but then uh, we were better than the other 13 division one teams. So when you can do that and you know, you're beating teams by, you know, 12 to 20 shots in a single round, you can move up like we did, uh, on the leaderboard, you know, to finish where we did.
0: How do you get them now to say, all right, fellas, look, you've proven to me that you could do it for a day. Now, how do you get them to say, all right, well, let's go do it for a whole tournament.
5: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's kind of the goal. Um, get off to a little bit better start um and you, you have to realize too i, I i'm not sure if the, if the public really does you know uh a lot of the schools that we played in this past event uh they're a far higher caliber than what we're going to have to play at the conference tournament sure um if you look at where we finished within the southland uh new orleans beat us and then it was us and then we finished in front of in Cornet word houston christian and i believe commerce as well so uh Still, but we have to we have to get the production for all three rounds if we're gonna if we're going to either win as a team or compete as a team, or if we're going to have an individual champion like we could also have as well.
0: So, tell, talk to me about this, coach. As you guys are approaching that stretch run of your year, is there any one facet to the game that you guys are working most heavily on? Like you know, maybe short game around the greens or. Driving it in the fairway. Like, I know it's going to be different because individually each specific player may have some different things that they're working on. But as a team, is there one area that you guys are honing in on?
5: We're going to continue to focus on our short game and spend a lot of time on that, putting and chipping. Because what that can do is, you know, naturally, you know, you saw it yesterday. We hit the ball well from tee to green. So we're, we're getting the ball in play, we're getting on the green in regulation like we needed to, and then we're converting you're not always going to have days where the entire team hits the ball that well from tee to green. So you need your short game uh, to be able to carry you to scramble and just compete and try to survive and get through get through that round. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, what's different about this team is that this team can shoot low scores. Uh, you know, we've proven that. We did that at the last two tournaments. We, we, we've had situations where if you're following us on the leaderboard we're besting teams by 20, 25 shots in single rounds. And, you know, we haven't always had the firepower to do that. You know, the key is you have to do it at the right time.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. And, and looking like you guys are starting to build some of that depth, man, in the final round, Kuhn shoots a 74, you know, O'Neal 69, you know, got a 72 mixed in there, 73 mixed in there. So it's a lot of guys that are that are, you know, pitching in with those rounds near par, maybe under par. That's good to see as a coach, I'm sure.
5: It is, and you know we're going to continue to, to adjust the lineup. We have another event coming up, not this weekend, but next, and we'll shake it up again and give give some other guys a chance to show what they can do. Um, and then hopefully that that core cool group that we have can continue to carry us. Uh, You've know, got some seniors on the team that need to step up, and and they did that this last tournament.
0: Coach, it is Masters Week, as you said earlier in the interview. We're all competing for that green jacket beginning tomorrow out at Augusta. The Live guys are there. The PGA Tour guys are there. It'll be a big old uh, celebration of the sport out at Augusta. What do you make of it all, man? It looks like the weather's going to be kind of damp and a little chilly. Usually, you know, damp course means that the guys are going to probably shoot some pretty good scores. What are you seeing from some things out at Augusta this week that you're hearing about?
5: Yeah, Uh, I'm I'm not, you know, it's been fairly dry so far this, uh, well, Chris, they may have had a little weather move through that missed us whenever we were in Houston competing. Um, I I think the temperature plays more of a factor, honestly, because when it's cold, when the the colder it is outside, the less the golf ball compresses and rebounds off the club bait. Sure. you're hitting an iron or a wood. So the ball, in simple terms, the ball doesn't go near as far when it's, say, 50 degrees compared to when it's 85 degrees. And anyone that's played golf has kind of realized that. Uh, so the dampness uh, will allow you to hold the ball better into the green, so it'll stop quicker. Um, and it, it, it will also help a player that hits the ball, say, offline, say, versus instead of right down the middle of the fairway. If it's dry and you hit it a little bit off to the side of the fairway and it's curving, well, if it's dry, it's going to hit the ball and then roll into the rough or roll into the trees or what have you. If it's damper, the off-center shots don't travel quite as far. But then the ball doesn't go as far if it's cold. So I think it's going to favor. I know it's going to favor a guy that hits the ball that can carry the ball pretty far, has a lot of club head speed, that can really move the ball off the tee. You know, like days back when you have like a shorter hitter or like a Mike Weir or something like that, or uh, just an average hitter. If it's cold, it's, it's going to be much more difficult for them to to be able to attack the par fives. And, uh, and remember, they've lengthened at least one of the holes there. So it's the temperature, I think, will play more of a, of a factor just based upon how far the golf ball will carry.
0: Tiger Woods will be teeing it up tomorrow morning with Xander Schauffele and Victor Hovland. Um, Tiger says, hey, you know, I've been playing more golf, which, you know, he thinks that his game is actually in better shape for this Masters than it was last. But then he also said, hey, my body is probably in worse shape because I'm playing more golf. So what say you? Is he going to make the cut? Is he going to play four rounds this week?
5: I think he'll make the cut. I do. Uh, he knows the golf course so well. You have to realize. You go back and look at how many rounds he's played at Augusta compared to every other player in the field. You know, and it's it's quite a it's quite a lot, and he has a lot of positive memories there. I don't know. Again, with the cold weather, when the weather turns cold, how is that going to affect his body? How is it going to affect all of the procedures? And all of the work that he's had done on his body to kind of piece it back together between his leg, his back, all those sorts of things. The temperature change as you get older. Hate to tell you this, Casey. Temperature change does does kind of affect how you're how you feel and and, and how you're able to rotate and and hit the ball and so forth. So with him, it's more. It's not. It's it's the mental part. He still has. I just don't know if he's going to be able to physically do it. But to, to be quite honest, at his age, there aren't many that age that can make the cut. Uh, which which is why you saw so many guys go to the live tour.
0: So let's talk about that. I was talking some golf with Stan Gravois yesterday, and and I asked Stan, I said, Stan, will there be a live golf player who will finish in the top five? And he said yes. He, He thinks that there will be one, at least one, who will finish in the top five. I'll ask you the same question. They're all in the field. Well, not all of them, but the ones who qualify to compete are in the field. Will there be a live golfer in the top five here at Augusta?
5: I don't know in the top five. I think you'll have one in the top ten. So I won't go that far with what Stan said. I think you'll have one in the top ten. And I'll say this. All the back and forth and the and the ch- uh, chirping, I call it chirping, between like McElroy and all this, now that they're all together face-to-face, all that's going to stop.
0: Crazy how that works, huh?
5: All, all that's going to stop. All this back and forth and it's mainly the PGA Tour guys were saying stuff. because This event is not run by the PGA Tour. It's not. It's not a, you know, it's run by the Masters. The Masters runs this tournament. So they decide who comes in and who plays and who doesn't. So uh, I don't think you hear too much talking, especially from a guy like McIlroy. I think he's just going to be quiet.
0: Let me ask you this. This is an interesting prop bet that I saw over on FanDuel, and I'll ask you your thoughts. Bernhard Longer, 65 years old. He has aged gracefully. He has played some really good golf later in, in his career. He is a 3-1 to shot to make the cut this week. He's played well at Augusta, and even as a senior on the, on the Champions Tour, he's played well and he's made the cut several times. Do you think Bernhard Longer will play four rounds this week?
5: Depends how quickly the temperature changes. If the temperature changes by tomorrow and it's cold, he won't make the cut, I don't think. If it's warm and maybe it changes, say, Friday afternoon and he's already off the golf course, he could have a shot. But it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult.
0: Uh, i'm i'm gonna lean towards no okay i got you and i think that's a safe bet now let's go at par 67 the shambo he has not played well at all he has been a big old uh, uh flop so far in the live tour he has struggled he has not been able to hit it straight will he find some form and play four rounds this week
5: no no i don't think so i i, I don't think so uh you know, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of people pulling for him whenever you go or make a comment like that. Uh, you know, and I, I just golf's very difficult. Um, and even the top players in the world uh, can lose their feel from time to time and miss cuts and stuff like that. So uh, that was more of a branding thing for him. And that's fine if you want to talk, but, uh, you know, you have to be able to back it up because uh, whenever you. Talk and you can't do anything. People just really dismiss you uh, as being irrelevant.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with that. So I'm going to ask you this: You know, I got to put you on the spot. Give me a sleeper, a guy that you you know maybe no one's thinking of that you think could finish in the top ten, and then give me your pick: Who's going to win the green jacket?
5: Jason Day's my sleeper. Um, I said that earlier. You know, around the you know last time I was on, and he was in good shape through two rounds, and then he kind of fizzled. But uh, Jason Dazen playing some good golf, Rory McIlroy, really. I mean, I give him a hard time. If he'll stop talking and just focus on playing golf, he can win the Masters easily. He really, you know, he, he I think he should have more majors now uh, based upon based upon his talent alone. And I think the fact that maybe everyone's there together now and there won't be as much back and forth, maybe you just focus on golf. I think he can win it.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, I think Rory McIlroy is a very, very good choice. I'll leave you with this. Uh, Phil Mickelson, man, you know, he's back at Augusta. He's another one that really hasn't been playing all that well. But he says that he's feeling good coming into the week. He obviously knows the course, has some good history at the course. Is there a possibility of him making a little push this week?
5: Would uh, Phil can make the cut? Uh, He still hits the ball extremely far for his age. I mean, he is in good shape for his age. He really is. He can carry the ball. He launches the ball high, but that's going to help him if it's damp. The ball will carry further. He doesn't really need the ball to run out to be able to you know, reach, even at his age, which is amazing. You can look for him to make the cut. I don't see him being after four rounds inside the top 25, though.
0: Good stuff. Coach, last one before we let you go. You guys are going to be playing at the Tunica National Intercollegiate, not uh, next week, but the following, April 17th and 18th. And that's all leading into the Southland Conference Championships, which are going to be April 25th, 26th, and 27th out in San Antonio. In the next three, four weeks, what do you guys got to do to try to go and push for that conference title?
5: Just clean some things up. We need to clean some things up, uh, continue to move forward. Listen, we're gaining some momentum, you know, with these low rounds that we've shot in the last two tournaments. And I, I see a little difference in the guys, and the guys know the guys aren't, in awe or scared to know that they can go out and be six, seven, five under par or 8 under par after a round of golf. And we weren't doing that early in the season. So, so much of this is mental. And again, try to keep them in the right frame of mind. Try to stay positive. I don't hit the shots. I mean, I'm the first to say that. I have good players that have worked hard, that have really improved. And uh, it's fun to be with them and watch them play. But Players make a good golf coach, you know. Uh my playing days
0: are over, unfortunately. Hi, it sounds like a winner, my friend. Look, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the uh the pageantry at Augusta over the next four days. I know I sure will. It'll
5: be fantastic. Thanks for being on the show.
0: Love it. Yep. That is Coach James Schilling with Nichols Golf doing an excellent job. We're so happy to have him on. And look, don't be surprised if they go make a run out there at San Antonio and push for that conference championship. They're shooting low, they're playing extremely well. And they've got a great opportunity to make a dent there and and definitely go chase that title. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to talk a little NBA and some different things in the headlines. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick timeout.
3: Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff. On the back road, 325 Price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. Time
2: is money.
1: Guaranteed.
4: Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana grant program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Houma or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Terrebonne General Health System is the largest health care resource in southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center.
0: This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and
4: staff who make up our proud Terrebonne General family. We are here to provide health care for our community. To discover more, please visit TGHealthSystem.com.
0: The turtle is a coming in the next segment of the show. We've got Taylor Griffin lined up. He'll be chatting with us at 1215 about some things happening in the world of sports. Can't wait to have the turtle on and get his thoughts on LSU winning the national championship. Talking about WrestleMania, talking about everything that's been happening over the last couple of days. Um, I told you I'd give you some NBA talk in this segment, but I guess I lied because I'm going to talk about the masters, right? Um, the masters begins tomorrow. And I will try to get to some NBA a little bit later in the show. But the Masters begins tomorrow out at Augusta. Um, your defending champion is Scotty Scheffler. Uh, the weather tomorrow is going to be a factor, as James Schilling was saying, going to be in the 70s. A little wind, maybe a little damp, not a whole lot of sun in the sky. And I'm interested to see, um, with the Live guys and the PGA Tour guys all together, I'm interested to see um, how it's going to shake out. You know, Coach Schilling said yeah, he thinks there's going to be a live guy in the top ten. Stan said he thinks there's going to be a live guy in the top five. What happens if a live golfer wins the Masters? What happens then? Because all the PGA Tour purists, they often clutch their pearls and they say, "Oh well, you know, it's not real golf. It's only three rounds. You know, it's a shotgun starts. It's not legitimate. Yeah, it's all guys that are sold out for the money." What? What if Dustin Johnson wins? What if, you know, Cameron Smith, what if he wins? Brooks Koepka, what if he wins the green jacket? What happens if there are three live golfers in the top 10? What happens if there's two in the top five? What do people say? So I'm curious to see if it, from that perspective right now, right? Because you got the, I call it the underdog league and I regretfully called the underdog league because I don't know what else to call it, Right. You got the underdog league, the league that everybody frowns upon and no one thinks is legitimate, but the fact remains, this is that they've got some really good players. They've got some of the best players in the world on that tour. What happens if they show out and they, they sweep through how big of a blow would that be to the PGA tour? If in probably the biggest and most prestigious event of the year, live showed up and ran the, ran the roost. How big of a, of a slap in the face would that be to the tour? So I'm curious to see how the live golfers fare. That's the first thing. The second thing, I always enjoy this about the Masters, right? And maybe this year it won't happen, but there's always that one story of a Mike Weir who doesn't play a whole lot of golf anymore, right? You know, he's 52, but he'll randomly make the cut or VJ Singh, or Fred Couples, or I asked uh, James Schilling about um, Bernhard Langer. Like, there's always that one story of the guy who's kind of the blast from the past who will start off and shoot an opening round 68, and they will be four on their par. They'll be tied for second after the first day, and that nostalgia story. Will we get one this year? Will it be Fred Couples who's 63 years old? Can he make a little run? Can he play some pretty good golf? VJ Singh, he's now 60. Could he maybe make the cut? I always like following those stories. To me, that's interesting. To me, that's entertaining. Jose Maria Olathabo, 57 years old. Want to follow those guys. That's the next thing. Now, and then also, of course, with any golf tournament, you're following Tiger Woods, right? You want to see how Tiger Woods is going to do. There are a couple of things to follow with Tiger Woods. The first is, can he hit it well enough off the tee to give himself realistic opportunities to make birdies. Because if you're hitting it short off the tee, you're going to have long irons into the greens. You're not going to be able to hit, get it close enough. You're going to be making pars the entire day. If you're hitting it wayward off the tee, you're going to be punching out from pine straw and scrambling, trying to make par and and you're going to you know screw that up a bunch and you're going to make some bogeys and and for tiger i really think it comes down to this i think the putting and the chipping is going to be okay i think the iron play is going to be okay it's going to be can he take advantage of the par 5s enough because there are some gettable par 5s at augusta can he take advantage of the par 5s enough to go and be 3 4 under par on the par fives every round to give yourself a chance. As if you're if you're three under par on the par fives every single day, and there are four of them, so that means you just got a birdie three of the four. If you're three under par on the par fives every day, then that's twelve under par for the tournament. Usually the winning scores are around twelve under par. So that means you gotta just play the rest of the golf course in even par. Can he and look, when he was younger in his twenties, in his thirties, that's the way he won golf tournaments, right? It wouldn't be three or four under par. It would be five and six under par. You would steal an eagle here. like. But now at this advanced stage, I think that a realistic number. Let's go get two, three under par on your par fives every day. Steal two birdies. You could even par two. Let's say two under par. That's eight under par through four days. You do that. You take advantage of those holes in that way. And you've got a chance to where you could get to the weekend where you're not ten shots behind and, You know, just playing two joy rounds because you have no chance to win. If he takes advantage of those holes, the gettable holes, and does the easy work, he's still got an opportunity because of his history on the golf course. Now, does he play enough to realistically hold up for four days? I don't know, right? I don't know, but I do know this. To have any opportunity whatsoever, he's going to have to do the easy work and he's going to have to take advantage of the par fives. Um, looking around, looking for some favorites, John Rahm. I mean, he's, he's incredible. I think Xander Schauffele, who's actually starting the event with tigers do. I go against James Schilling a little bit though. I actually think, and maybe I'm wrong on this and, and I'll be the first one to tell you that I am. If I am, I just got a feeling Deshambo is going to play well this week. I got a feeling he's going to play well. I think that I'm not picking him to win, but I just got a feeling he's going to make the cut. I think he's going to play some pretty good golf. I think he's going to show out, and he's going to do some pretty good stuff. Now, for my champion, Sam Pick, Sam, oh, Stan picks Sam oh, Sam Burns. Coach Shelly picked Rory McElroy. The defending champion is Scotty Scheffler. I'm going to go with... Oh, man, there are so many good players today. I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. I'm going to pick Justin Thomas to win the green jacket. Justin Thomas has not been in tremendous form lately. He's not played the best golf of his career lately. At the uh, the Sport tournament, he finished tied for 10th. And the player is tied for 60th. He's been consistently making cuts, but he's not been in the best form of his career I just get a gut feeling that JT is going to find a way to put together four rounds, find a way to win at Augusta, find a way to bring home that green jacket. But I will say this, and this is the last thing that I'll leave you guys with on this golf segment. I think Liv is coming, and I think Liv is coming hard. I think that Liv Golf is going to be a big player throughout the course of this tournament. Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, like they've got some guys on their tour that fit this golf course pretty well. And I truly believe that we're going to look at that board on Sunday and the first two pages will be about mixed. It'll be about 60% PGA and maybe about you know 40% live, maybe a little less, maybe 65, 35, whatever it may be. But I do think there will be several live golfers who are going to have an opportunity on Sunday to punch that ticket and I think that the conversation and the chirping as Coach Schilling said is not going to be there right because it's easy for Rory McIlroy to stand up on his perch and talk trash about somebody who's not standing in front of him right kind of what a bully would do right now that they're there in his face he ain't gonna say anything and they're gonna be in contention they're gonna be in the PGA Tours face all week I think Liv is gonna have a big week Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to the turtle. Taylor Griffin and I will chat about everything happening in the world of sports. Can't wait. It's play-by-play
2: on KLEB. Celebrating 75 years in business
4: Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana grant program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Houma or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes.
3: At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation.
6: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about do friend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called DoFriend Easy Buy? Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's hum it. Whoa! In spirit of WrestleMania weekend, we've got Taylor Griffin on the line for his Wednesday at 1215 appointment with us here on Play by Play. We go to the turtle now. Taylor, what's good, man? Good afternoon. How we doing? Hey, good
7: afternoon. Doing fine. How about
0: y'all? Doing great, my man. Look, let's start with the LSU women's basketball team. They win the national championship out of nowhere. Everybody just kind of assumed hey, LSU's going to go as far as they can until they run into South Carolina again. Well, they didn't have to run into South Carolina at all, and they just kept winning and winning and winning and winning. And lo and behold, in Kim Mulkey's second season, the Tigers do something that they've never done before. They win the national championship, put together a great performance, and they're probably the most talked about thing in the entire world of sports right now.
7: Yes, yes, indeed. Go freaking Tigers, man. That was awesome. Go, Coach Monkey! Go, Tigers! Man, just it was it was an awesome game. It was an awesome weekend. Uh, You know, you and I do uh, a lot of high school girls basketball games on the radio. You know, we do the nickel sting. I've never been this excited about a women's game as I was this weekend, and man yeah of course lsu won it was awesome but like i was so in tune with the iowa south carolina game like i was blown away that that was the most up to that point you know that was the most exciting impressive women's basketball game i'd ever watched and then you know cap it off sunday lady tigers did their thing and uh man it was awesome it was awesome to see congratulations to them um Hope to uh, hope to see them do it again next year. I think they got all the right pieces. They got they got a a good thing uh, rolling right now, and you know until someone dethrones them, they are the uh, queens of the court. So keep it going, go Tiges.
0: Let's talk about all the drama, man. Of course, Caitlin Clark. She likes to talk a little bit now. You know, she's kind of the the goody two shoes. Everybody loves her. Oh, she's so sweet. She's so nice. But if you actually follow her on the court, she likes to talk a little bit. Well, LSU likes to talk a lot. And they clapped back at her at the end of the game and Angel Reese is pointing to her fingers and doing the John Cena and gets made into a big old villain because of it. But the people who are actually paying attention and just saying, Man, like this is just part of it. Like even Caitlin Clark yesterday said, Man, you don't vilify Angel Reese. She's just talking. You know, it's just part of what we do on the court. What did you make of all the hoopla, bro? I thought it was ridiculous, man. And it turned into uh, a, a debate on ethics and sportsmanship. It turned into a debate on race, and that, for what? Like they're just athletes talking trash. That's just what people do, man.
7: Yeah, I thought it was stupid, idiotic, and irresponsible. All those people, regardless of what team you support, to think that you know what Angel Reese was doing was bad. And whether or not they were comparing it to Caitlin Clark or not even aware of what Caitlin Clark was doing, like, man, y'all really don't understand sports, do y'all? This really is y'all first rodeo. I mean, how old and grumpy are you that, oh, you need to be you need to be the better person and, you know, grow up and, and walk away from... Look, it, as much as sports, as much as you could get a lot of real-life lessons from sports, this isn't like a professional office setting where like you know whether it's a co worker or a competitor or another vendor is you know is saying something that you don't like and you and you go at them and try to make them look foolish like dude, it's basketball, it is sports it is the second highest level of this of this sports competition right here like. That's what it is. Trash-talking is part of the game. You know, it's part of the mental game. It's winning the mental battle that is, you know, I hold that just as important as a scoreboard battle. Like, if me, if I'm in that position, like, I totally get what Angel Reese did. And even some people are nitpicking it to the point of, well, Caitlin Clark was doing it just in general to the team and to the doubters and to whoever, and you can't really tell, you can't really see, but Angel Reese was – Chasing her around the court, making sure she saw her, blah, blah, blah. Look, in that particular situation, I'm not talking about all life situations, but especially in the game of basketball, I'm 100% backing Angel Reese here because if I'm in her shoes, okay, you want to try to make me look stupid? I'm not going to be the bigger, better person and walk away. Not only will I come back and try to make you – Look equally as stupid. I'm taking it to the next level. I'm gonna try to embarrass you. I will make sure you see it, and I will take it even higher and make you look stupider than you attempted to make me. That's I'm a hundred percent behind Angel Reese, and anyone who disagrees, sorry, everyone's got an opinion, but you're wrong on this. (laughs)
0: Look, here's the thing that got me, bro, because I read all the debates and all the commentary, but a lot of them were. On a post that I made that kind of went out there pretty far. I was laughing and giggling at all the comments from the referees. Oh, she's showing her up. Bro, when y'all call a block, there is DX pyro going off because y'all are showing up. Everyone in the gym blowing your whistle a thousand times, <laughs> waving your hands in the air. Like, save me the she's showing her up stuff, bro.
7: Oh, yeah, and then when you get the opportunity to call a charge, you, you start hopping on one leg like you're trying to throw, <laughs> throw somebody out at home from center field. Like, no, you, you need to relax. Some, of you, some, 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 I repeated it three times, one more for good luck. Some. Some of you referees out there are more than guilty of exactly what you're complaining about.
0: No doubt about that, my friend. So now – it became a little bit of a more sticky situation. because, And look, this has since cooled off because the president has kind of clarified and different things. Like, the situation's kind of cooled off. Iowa's kind of said that they're not even interested in going anyway. But there were talks that Iowa would be invited to the White House to go with LSU. And, bro, look, I hate to be petty. Stupid. Stupid. i, I, I no, look I
7: interrupt you. Don't even finish.
0: Stupid. Yeah, yeah look, and this is bigger... This is bigger than my thoughts on, on the president. or It has nothing to do with politics. If Iowa would have been invited and I were LSU, I would have just not gone. Yeah,
7: that's that's ridiculous that we're at this point in this world. This has nothing to do with politics, whether we agree with who's in the White House or not. Second place is the first loser. Yes, be proud that you got there. You know, reflect on your accomplishments, learn to get better for next year. You do not get to be celebrated. No one remembers who came out second. You don't get to go to the White House. That is ridiculous. That's the most – that every year in and year out, just when I think we can't get dumber and weaker as a species, someone proves me wrong, this is the ultimate participation trophy BS. Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would – does not need a go, has nothing to do with what's going on in the White House, who's there, none of that. Just, you lost. You don't get to go to the White House as the loser of the national championship.
0: Oh, look, I'm with you, bro. Last women's basketball thought It's kind of a little bit of a side note. Might make some of the LSU fans a little bit angry because we're giving some praise to somebody else. Kaylen Clark's a dog, bro. She's got another year. Look, the entire, the entire game, I was nervous because it's like you're facing the Golden State Warriors. You never know when she's going to make four threes in a row and go on a 12-0 run in a minute. Like that lead never felt safe to me.
7: Absolutely. I agree, man. She she is beyond special. She is She is something. She is a dog. She is all of the above. And you you know what's crazy? And, Casey, I'm going to be very careful. I'm really going to tiptoe around this one because I know a lot of people, you know, I'm I'm trying to not sound sexist or anything. I'm going to proceed with caution because I I do appreciate what women could do in sports. I really do. Um, But anyone with half of a basketball brain, you fully understand that sometimes – you know, when it comes to men's basketball and women's basketball, it's basically two different
0: sports. Sure.
7: Caitlin Clark made it feel not separate. Like, she didn't play like a typical, usual, what we're used to seeing female on a basketball court. Like, the step back. Threes, the fadeaway, the NBA range, the the actual jumping on the actual jump shots, just blowing people away, taking over a game, and then and look, not only her, I know this was a Caitlin Clark question, but God, what's the point guard's name for LSU? I'm drawing a blank. What's her name? What's her name? Um, Alexis Morris. Morris. She did the same thing, dude. She took over the second half. Coming off the screen, you know, hard step, make you think she's driving, step back, fadeaway jump shot, draining them. Like, dude, they made it not feel like typical girls basketball. It was it was just a whole nother higher level that I think anyone with a basketball mind could agree like this was different. This was something we're not used to seeing. And I think everyone could have been entertained by it, no matter how much women's basketball you normally watch. This was, this was, this was amazing. And, and look back to the original subject, Caitlin Clark. I, I can't wait to see her future. I think, I think women's basketball needed this. And yeah, I kind of stole that from a couple of Facebook statuses I saw this weekend. Women's basketball, women's sports in general, they needed this and you know i'm proud to be a part of the crowd to say they blew me away and you know they impressed me and they're gonna make me more excited to tune in more and pay more attention to women's basketball next year so bravo hats off to them i was uh i was beyond impressed
0: bro we've got a whole lot of wrestling to talk about wrestlemania has come and passed Day one, you get Thierry beating John Cena. Seth Rollins goes over Logan Paul. Uh, Rey Mysterio defeats Dominic. Real Ripley uh, defeats Charlotte in what I thought was the match of the night. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn um, get by the Usos and take the Undisputed Tag Team Championship. So let's start just day one. What were some things you liked? What were some things you didn't like? What were some things you thought they could have maybe did better?
7: Day one, I absolutely loved it. Yep. Um, the only thing... The way Theory beats Cena, uh, I'm okay with. You know, I didn't think it was going to go down like that. I was really hoping for the ultimate curveball. You know, we talked about it previously on the show. Like, I think Cena's going to beat them, and then this is how they retire the U.S. championship and just remove it because it's kind of pointless. Eh, uh, apparently I was off. I was wrong with that. Whatever. All while sending Theory away to get repackaged and come back as a different guy, and maybe we appreciate him more. So that didn't happen. But the way, you know, Cena clearly just about beat him fair and square. You had the ref who was knocked out. He pops up, and, uh, you know, after Theory hits him with the low blow. I mean, it's a cheat win. It's, uh, you know, it was, it was good enough storytelling for me. And then from there, the – all the rest of night one from what i could remember it was just brilliant storytelling extremely entertaining i loved everything about night one i think they give the fans they gave the fans everything they wanted everything they hoped for plus more plus bonus plus extra entertainment all all of night one it was it was amazing zero complaints here
0: bro Logan Paul, and though he lost, he didn't go over it. Logan Paul is a legitimate star. Like he just has the athleticism to do the stuff in the ring that you need to do, but he's also got the talent and the charisma to get you to hate him and boo him. And bro, he's got his manager out there. He's get he's driving his manager through a table, so like he's don't have a big ego. He's willing to be made a fool of. I every time he steps into the ring, like I'm thinking to myself, this is like our era's version of the million dollar man is that guy who's going to always be a heel he's going to always get to the big stage he's going to always job but he's great in the ring he worked like i was super impressed man
7: oh yeah out of this world out of and, and and you know he's probably not quite there yet just with the tenure and like the more impressive storytelling in the ring you know, he's probably not quite million-dollar man as far as ring psychology and all-around entertainer, but, boy, you want it to, athleticism? He has way surpassed not only million-dollar man. He's, he might be the most athletic wrestler we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, he, he's right. Between him and Ricochet, I mean, I, I think they're – and uh, Montez Ford, I think they're all extremely high-flying, excellent on their timing, their precision. Dude, Logan Paul is beyond legit. He's not just a, oh okay kind of like raise my eyebrows and give him a nod of approval. No, standing ovation every time the dude is out of this world entertaining. Uh, he did a brilliant match. It it was it was amazing. I can't wait to see what they do with
1: him next.
0: Night 2, I agree with you. Not quite as good as night 1. Brock Lesnar defeats Omos. That was just kind of a setup to get the F5. We kind of talked about that before the show. Rousey and Baszler to win the big Fatal 4-Way Women's Tag Match. Yeah, who cares? Gunther defeats Sheamus and Drew McIntyre to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Belair defeats Asuka. Edge defeats Finn Balor and Helena. Cell. And then Roman Reigns goes over Cody in the big old surprise. Before we talk about Night 2, man, it's crazy. There was an unsung hero of Night 2, and it's a small thing, and nobody in the grand scheme of things really cares, but... They're doing their little segment in the ring where the Miz is the host and he's getting humbled and he's getting humiliated and Shane McMahon comes out. Shane McMahon gets legitimately hurt, right? He he blows his quad up. He's legitimately hurt. Snoop Dogg just knows like, hey, something's wrong. I got to go do something. He's not prompted. He's not scripted, but he goes in the ring and does something that makes sense and he legit stiffly punches out the Miz twice, does the people's elbow to him, doesn't have an elbow pad, so he throws his sunglasses in the crowd. And, like, I'm thinking to myself, Taylor, if I'm in that spot and I don't know what to do, I wouldn't have done something as clever as that. Entertainers are entertainers, bro, and he he found a way in a bad situation to be entertaining. Yes,
7: yes, that, that was awesome. That was <laughs> Bravo to Snoop Dogg for saving the day. You know, uh, speedy recovery to Shane. I hope he, he I hope he turns out all right, and I hope he learned his lesson. Uh, you know, when you're inactive for that long and you go and you try to go full speed, I mean, at that age, bad things are gonna happen. You know, he's got the same quads as his dad. We all know that story. <laughs> that, that that sucks for him. I feel bad because I love Shane O'Mac. I mean, I I, I popped. I was I was super excited when I hit. When I hear "Here Comes the Money" song hit, and then that that happens, Snoop Dogg. See, I I haven't I haven't read up on it or heard or found the answer anywhere. I mean, are Miz and Snoop do they have earpieces in since they're going out with mics? Is someone in gorilla position telling them what to do, what to say, just in case? Did someone from the back tell Snoop, "Okay, you got to take it from here"? Did the ref give him a cue? Was it a hundred percent all Snoop? Let's roll the dice and see what happens. I don't know. Either way, whether it was quick thinking of just Snoop alone or he was quickly directed by others, still very impressive. Way to save the day. And being 50-something years old, whatever Snoop Dogg is, I know he used to be super athletic. But, again, he's in his 50s. He. He knows he's limited. He didn't try to jump off the top rope. He didn't try to body slam Miz. I mean, who knows if someone blows, if he blows out a knee or hurts his back or whatever. Punch him, get him on the ground due to people's elbow. What, the safest can't-screw-up move you got that everyone's going to recognize and appreciate, bravo to Snoop Dogg. One of the highlights, and, and this is, look, it was impressive considering all the circumstances but it tells you how bad night two was, that that's
0: one of the highlights of the entire night. Yeah, night two wasn't the best. The Lesnar match wasn't great. As I said, the women's tag match wasn't great. To me, the highlight of the night was Gunther retaining the Intercontinental Championship. I think he's going to be a future world champion. Belair and Oscar was a good match. I just didn't care about the story. I didn't understand why the 50-plus-year-old Edge would go over Finn Balor. We can talk about the main event in a minute. I didn't have any faults with the result of the main event. I think that, you know, they're going to keep the baby faces chasing or whatever it may be. Uh, but what were your thoughts? Night two was, for me also, a little bit of a dud.
7: Well, night two, I'll say uh, Lesnar and Omos, uh, as weird as it was to begin with, why they're even fighting, it wasn't bad. It was about what you would, could expect from two huge guys who aren't going to give you 20-minute, 30-minute classics. You know, it was power versus power, slam versus slam, uh, just beast versus beast. I think they told more than a good enough story in a perfect amount of time. They got it done. Uh, I really, as bad as I thought it was going to be, I had no issues with that match. Um, Didn't really care for Oscar Belair either. I mean, yeah, they did their thing. They're, They're great entertainers, but the story wasn't captivating for me either. You hit the nail on the head. Before the Intercontinental Triple Threat started, I, in my head, was like, man, this is the biggest who cares of the night. Because at this point, you know, I feel bad for Drew McIntyre because his WrestleMania moment was in the Performance Center in front of no one. Um, I feel bad for Sheamus just because, you know, he's had a taste of it, but now he's just kind of fallen to the mid-card and never recovered. And I can't get behind Gunther. He just looks too weird. He doesn't pass the eye test for me. Uh, and, dude, they put on a very good match. At the end of it, I was like, this this is the show stealer that people talk about after the fact. This, They blew me away, and I cared nothing for the storyline. They just beat the hell out of each other. They told a good story in the ring. They entertained me, and it was... It, everything you want from big yet still kind of athletic guys, I think they put on a great show. I was very impressed with the triple threat match. And as far as Edge versus Finn Balor goes, the fact that Edge won instead of Finn Balor, and I know you and I have talked about, man, they just need to kill the judgment day, they need to kill the story, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is, there's a lot of things wrong with the whole setup. My biggest complaint before the match even started, Started well. I got a few complaints. Number one, they kept calling, you know, Brood Edge, Brood Edge, all week, all over Facebook, all over the internet. You see these articles, you hear it, you see, you read about these rumors. Oh, Gangrel's not doing nothing. Brood Edge, he's coming. Uh, Christian was supposedly cleared by Tony Khan for a one-off, one-day appearance. The the whole Brood should be back in full force. None of them show up. You don't even use the Brood music. And WWE needs to learn from this. I know none of them are listening, but I wish they were. <laughs> West Coast outdoor natural sunlight WrestleManias don't work. If you are got to be in an outside venue, you've got to be Mississippi River or East. They don't work when it's Edge versus Finn Balor starting at 9 o'clock my time. 7 o'clock in April on the West Coast, and there's natural sunlight that comes into SoFi Stadium. The story, the match, everything was all shot to hell when you can't turn the lights off for these entrances of these two dark, demonic characters. It it was absolutely ridiculous. I realize they can't be the main event. I realize there's time constraints, but shame on the WWE for not thinking ahead of that. Oh, man, we got these two guys. One, his name is literally the demon, and the other guy is claiming to, to go back and find his devilish side, and they have dark entrances. You can't turn the lights You can't turn off the sun at 7 o'clock in California. There's no <laughs> darkness for the demon to feed off of. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I got they you. They ruined it. They ruined it from the beginning. So just that, I'm immediately turned off.
0: No, look, I'm the with thing. you. I hadn't thought about that, but that, you know, that's a, that's a great point.
7: Go back and watch, and then imagine if they had a, a closed arena that they could have turned the lights off for those entrances. Just go watch that those those first ten minutes. It, it's blew me away that that no one caught, no one thought of this. I hate daytime WrestleMania, man. I hate it. Um, props to Finn Balor who gets a real life cut yeah. and gets stapled in the ring by the the medical staff mid-match and continues on, absolutely amazing. If anyone listening hadn't seen the cut, go Google image Finn Balor cut, head, WrestleMania, whatever. It's going to predict quick. It's nasty. It's horrible. It's props to him for for toughing it out, props to Edge for, you know, not hurting him anymore, even though it's really no one's fault. It's just coincidence the way the ladder happened to hit. Um I could have, you know, I could have did without the rest of the match and the story. I don't know where they're going to go with this. And then the main event, you know what? Uh, Everyone expected Cody to win, and, you know, they did the exact finish that it would take for us to believe and still hang on. And uh, Triple H says in the press conference, you know, we're just getting started. You know, we want to continue the story. This is a long, long story. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman in the post-mania uh, press conference. Hey, if this is baseball, we're just in the third inning here. Like, y'all have no idea what's co- – like, there's more story to be told. Hey, look, if y'all, if y'all think y'all could pull it off, I'm all about it because this, this whole bloodline thing, it's, it's really on fire. It's, it is good. The storytelling is good. I just hope they don't fall off. I hope they don't fade out. And I hope this whole Vince McMahon coming back into creative doesn't ruin it because as we apparently started to see Monday night, it's starting to get bad again. I, 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 hope, I hope we don't go back to those days because it's, uh, you know, we're, we're so in tune. We're so locked into to everything going on. I hope they don't completely flip it. I wish they would just let Triple H roll with it and Vince could just go home and be at peace.
0: The hell is wrong with Vince McMahon, bro? He looks like a pizza salesman. You know, he's got a big old plastic <laughs> face now. He's got jet black hair. What the hell is going on with that man?
7: I don't know, but uh, you know what? I saw. I, th- these are not my original thoughts. Totally stole from from a comment I saw on Facebook. I I don't remember if it was in the DTB meme thread or whatever it was, but someone said. Vince McMahon is much smarter than y'all think because nobody's talking about his sexual harassment cases anymore.
5: <laughs> right. If
7: this, if the, and look, I'm not trying to make light of the, the whole situation, but as sad and pitiful as it is that he finds himself in this situation, how smart it is to, you know, I'm just going to change my face, do, have jet black hair, have this weird 1920s villainous mustache, and now everyone will be talking about this, and now all the heat is off of me, at least temporarily. And pe- a lot of people are going to forget why they were talking about me six months ago.
0: Last question before we let you go. Brock Lesnar destroyed Cody on Monday. What's going on there? Is this going to be just be setting up Cody to slay a giant to keep him hot? Like, what's going on there? That was a little bit of a curveball to me. I thought it was a little odd that he picked Brock to be his partner to begin with. Then we figured out it was all to set up a big heel turn for Lesnar. What's going on there?
7: Man, when when they started to give us the hint that it was going to be a tag match and there's no one back there that's going to – I mean, when I tell you, Giddy, on the edge of my seat, I thought The Rock's music was going to hit, that this is the moment we've been waiting for. This is the raw after Mania surprise that we're used to. And all of this is processing in my head like, man, The Rock didn't want to steal the show at Mania. He knows it's about the young guys. He he agreed to wait till Monday. This is it. If you smell, it's about to hit. And then it's Brock Lesnar's music. I'm like, okay, that's not what I thought. But let's see where this goes. And he comes out, and I'm like, okay. And then I start. Has Brock Lesnar ever even been in a tag team match? This is (laughs) getting. This is getting weird. This is starting to be really unbelievable. This is strange. And then the turn. So yes. It may not be everyone's go-to recommendation. It may not be what everyone wants to see at first. But I think as it starts to unfold, I think this is a good thing. Uh, Making Cody look stronger by being the guy that slays Brock. The guy that, you know... Yeah, Goldberg came in and beat him a few years ago. Roman Reigns got him. But, I mean, it's been really few and far in between the people who win a straight-up fair and square, knock-down, drag-out, no-interference match with Brock Lesnar. This is to keep Cody hot, show, make him look even stronger and even more worthy for an inevitable rematch. And potentially, whether it's SummerSlam, Survivor Series, or next WrestleMania, he's going to get the belt off of Roman. But he has to go through Brock first. And this is only to build Cody's story up more. Because there's no more building up of the Bloodline story, of the Roman Reigns story. He can't get any higher. He has to continue to stay at his level. Cody needs to be built up more, because now... You know, going into WrestleMania, all the articles, all the whispers, all the rumors. Man, isn't it the guy that just turned his back on this company a few years ago because he didn't like his position, because he didn't like this, because he didn't like that. Then he goes to AEW. He does all his st- and th- and then he couldn't get along with this one, couldn't get along with that one. He wasn't happy with his spot in the court. He wasn't this. He wasn't that. He comes back. You know, he does the whole the throne thing to make fun of Triple H. He comes back. And everyone's supposed to just love him and, and give him all this credibility as all of a sudden he's a heavyweight main eventer? I don't think so. And you know what? Those arguments make sense. So, this is a way to continue to build him up to give the doubters, you know, as far as storytelling and storyline goes, to, this is to give the doubters and non believers the credibility that he has. It's he's got to go through Brock Lesnar. And then he'll get, then he gets to take the belt off for Roman. I think that's what this is. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it's about.
0: Well, we'll we'll see. That's that's the beauty of it all. We'll find out. Well, brother, we thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon. And uh, man, good stuff today, as always.
7: Yes, indeed, man. Thank you. Uh, Have a good Wednesday. Have a good rest of the week. And as always, go Tarps and God bless America.
0: Yes, sir. There's Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job. As always, love to hear his thoughts. He give us some great information today. Let's catch a break, our final break of the show. When we get back, we'll talk some NBA, then we'll get some betting picks. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun Banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That's State Bank & Trust Company, still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community.
5: Gambling can be exciting, but it can get out of control. If you choose to gamble, you should have a solid game plan. Set a budget, know your limits, use licensed regulated operators, and bet responsibly. If you're struggling with problem gambling that's disrupting your life, you're not alone. Call the Louisiana Problem Gambler's Helpline at one 770 stop This confidential referral line provides help 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.
6: 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick-loop service that offers oil changes
0: for gas and diesel engines. Brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T oil change on Main Street and cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South Lafourche Sports. 3T oil change says, go tarpons!
2: Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply and Home
4: Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana grant program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Houma or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes.
6: We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
1: Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic Organic ingredients safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed.
0: back to play-by-play we thank taylor griffin for his time we thank james Schilling for his time had a really good show today playing that bloodline theme getting it in on this wednesday tomorrow we're gonna be uh rocking and rolling keeping the train rolling we've got some big baseball matchups to recap i'll give you a rundown of some softball things tomorrow as well take a look at the power rating numbers um today we'll get you some betting picks uh, but first, we, before we get some betting picks, the Pelicans lost yesterday to the Sacramento Kings at home, but it still looks like New Orleans is going to get in. I just don't think they'll get into the top six to avoid the play-in. Uh, the Pelicans have three regular season games left on the schedule, and one of those games is tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies um, out in the Smoothie King Center. The Grizzlies are actually a five and a half point underdog today, which leads me to believe that they're probably resting some dudes (laughs) as otherwise they should probably be favored in that matchup with New Orleans. Um, So we'll see how Memphis handles that. Um, Last night, we saw the MVP race wrap up. Joel Embiid is going to be the NBA's MVP. Embiid scored 52 points to beat the Boston Celtics. If he doesn't win MVP, we need to get rid of the award, uh, quite frankly. But then again, it's the same voting base that made Steve Nash a multi-time MVP despite averaging like 17 points and 10 assists, which now, that was an MVP season then. Today, James Harden averages 22 points and 11 assists, and you guys are saying that he's trash and he's washed up. So what gifts? Um, But anyway, that's not me. Uh, Far be it for me to to be carrying water for James Harden, right? But I think Embiid wrapped up the MVP award last night uh, as Philadelphia got by Boston. We've got some betting picks that we'll hand to you guys today. And I think that we have a couple of winners. So once the FanDuel app opens up and we hit the games that we have earmarked, I will tell you that today we like. Oh, come on, app. Here we go. Today we like um the Rangers to defeat the Orioles. Minus one and a half run line. Jacob deGrom's throwing. I think he's gonna be terrific. I think that the Rangers are gonna uh do some good work. Today in MLB, we like the Angels, minus one and a half run line over the Mariners. Otani's throwing. Enough said. Today I like the Blue Jays minus 188 money line over the Royals. I know you're not getting a lot of bang for your buck there, but if you could, you know, maybe pick up on a sure thing, you could maybe get some cash there on that one. In the NBA tonight. I like the Bucks minus six and a half over the Bulls. I think the Bucs are going to be trying to lock down that number one seed. I think they'll beat up on the Bulls. I like the Grizzlies plus five and a half over the Pels, but I will preface with this. Only if the Grizzlies are playing their dudes. If Job Moran's sitting out and, you know, I mean, if if the Grizzlies are resting, then I don't see that one as a value anymore. I like Boston minus three over Toronto, second night of a back to back for Boston. But I think that they're going to be trying to hold off Philly for that number two seed. I think they're going to want to ice that down. Um, and then the last one that I like is under 232 for the Lakers and the Clippers. I think that'll be a defensive struggle. I think Kawhi is going to play hard. I think LeBron is going to play hard. Anthony Davis will play hard. When those teams are competing, they should be two of the better defensive teams. And I think that offense would be a little bit of a struggle. So that wraps up today's show. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Taylor for the time. Thanks to James Schilling for the time. Most importantly, thanks to you all for the time. Uh, we'll be at uh out in the city tonight. Want to bet? I will be filling in for Nick Harrison at six o'clock over on ESPN 100.3. Uh, if you want to tune into ESPN for that, you'll be able to hear me from six to eight. Have a great rest of the day, you guys. God bless.
1: The French Connection, the all-new Ragin' Cajun 102.7 FM.